Hello and welcome to ChamberCast, the Billings Chamber of Commerce's podcast. I'm your host, Jack Genoway. Tourism is the number two industry in the state of Montana, and my guests today are Ali Eggart, a leisure marketing and sales and social media manager for Visit Billings. Hi, thanks for having me. Brenda Moss, the tourism and marketing director for Visit Southeast Montana. Thanks, Jack. Glad to be here. And my celebrity guest host this week is Kelsey Gamble. Hi, glad to be here. Thank you all for joining me. To give our listeners a little bit of background on how all of this works, Visit Billings and Visit Southeast Montana are separate organizations that are managed by the Billings Chamber of Commerce. So let's start a little bit by just kind of comparing and contrasting both what each of your organizations does, because they're very similar, but there are some very important differences as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, thanks, Jack. So if you think of the Billings Chamber of Commerce um, as an umbrella organization, the managerial organization, and uh, the central staff, of course, is is the chamber. And under each side of the umbrella, you have two different organizations. Visit Southeast Montana is on one side, and of course, Visit Billings is on the other. And each organization has its own independent board, but yet the chamber manages um, all of them. So technically, we are we are chamber staff. Um, so we all follow that mission, but then we each have our own individual missions. Yeah. And so um, I think what really kind of is the is the primary difference between us is uh, Visit Southeast Montana covers that entire southeast corner. And I'll let Brenda get into that as well. And then Visit Billings, we are, um, we are funded by the Tourism Business Improvement District, which is that $2 charge that you see on each hotel room sold in uh, Billings City Limits as well as a little bit the state lodging tax dollars. But essentially, our role is to fulfill room nights in billing city limits. And so we're employed and overseen by um, not only the chamber, but the hoteliers that are right here in Billings. So heads and beds, basically. Yeah, and heads and beds is the, is the key driving goal for both of your organizations. Is Billings geographically located in southeast Montana? Yes. So uh, Visit Southeast Montana region is actually the Crow Tribe, the, excuse me, the Crow Reservation, the Northern Cheyenne Reservation and 13 counties of southeastern Montana, which include Yellowstone and Bighorn and then straight north to Golden Valley. And then if you follow the diagonal of I-94 up toward Custer County, Miles City, and then all the way up to Dawson County, which is Glendive and Weibo. So 13 counties, it's a pretty big region. Brenda's got a big, big role, obviously, because she's covering such a, you know, everything from this huge city of Billings to some of Montana's most rural areas. And um, so it's really awesome when we get to work together and and do things like we did last year in Minneapolis and, um, you know, a takeover that represents both our brands, because for both of us, tourism in the region benefits everyone. The rising tide floats all ships. So I imagine there are some times where, you know, with with Billings being in the Southeast Montana geographic region, there are some times where your your missions will overlap and you work collaboratively on, on some things. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, probably our most recent example really was, you know, kind of a mix of that. Um, you know, we created a campaign called Forge Your Own Path out here, which which was, you know, revolves around our, our campaign of Forge Your Own Path and Southeast Montana's out here campaign. And we did a takeover of a train station in Minneapolis, the Nicolette Mall station. We also did a hockey arena and then followed that immediately with the Midwest Travel Blog Network visiting our area last summer. So we definitely work closely, you know, on a lot of things. Absolutely. So um, we know, of course, that we have a lot of visitors in this region and all the way into the rest of Montana from the Midwest. 
excuse me, Midwest, but specifically that Minneapolis-St. Paul region. And the other real key piece of that is if you drive from Minneapolis-St. Paul toward Montana, it's nine hours to Glendive, it's 12 hours to Billings. So these are all logical stops for individuals that are road tripping out to Yellowstone or Glacier. So it fits really, really well. So how do you decide what, who to target and what endeavors you want to do? It's research. I mean, neither of us are going in blind saying like, oh, we think maybe we'll get this state. It's, there's a lot of research that goes into it. You know, we're looking at people's interests um, when they're planning vacation. And, and so, again, some of ours overlap, right? We've got, you know, the history, outdoor recreation. Brenda's done really great things with the dino trail and families. And, and um, you know, so it, it all goes into what are people from, say, Minneapolis looking for on a vacation? And do we fit those buckets? Do we fit those buckets? And are we accessible? And we are to, to a uh, destination like Minneapolis. And it, and it does fit both of our our core audiences, I would say. Oh, for sure. And we also know from the Montana brand study that was done in 2016, which is also being re, yes, revised uh, probably as we're doing this, that out of the top 10 ac- desired activities for someone visiting Montana, outside of the trip to Yellowstone and Glacier, all of those activities actually happen within Billings and or the region Dinosaur Adventures is on that list. Interestingly enough, one of the number one things that people desire to do on a vacation is eat out. They also want to, their number one thing are day hikes. So all of those things are available in Billings and across the Southeast Montana region. And even when we think of hiking as maybe just being a a mountain adventure, there's lots of locations. I mean, just Billings alone. I mean, I just spent Saturday at Zimmerman Trail. So it's we have it and um, the locals know about it, but it's our job to for those folks to to stay here. And as Ali said earlier, heads and beds, let's keep them in the region one more day. Let's keep them in Billings one more day. And that translates into spending in our local economy, which is really important. So you do your market research, you have assets that you want to drive people towards. How do you go about actually executing on that final piece and getting people to come in to your jurisdictions. It's magic, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So with that magic, I'm going to tell you one of our, and we've talked about this um, on a different podcast, but one of the newer projects that we've uh, worked with is called Montana's Trail to the Stars. And with that, we have, oh gosh, I think it's over 40 locations across Eastern Montana, um, basically East of living, I'm sorry, Lewistown and Billings where folks can go access public land and or private property where um, maybe there's a business. And we know these rural areas as where there's very little light pollution and also a great opportunity to see the stars because there's people that haven't seen the stars. And even what we see here in Billings is very different. One of the locations, um, which is beneficial both to Billings and to the region, is um, act in recreation area. So just go up the, go up the highway and you'll see it toward Broadview and you can take a right. Oh, gosh, it's uh, I think it's just called Acton um, Recreation Road or something like that. You'll find it on a BLM map. But um, if you go out there and you look to the north, you really don't see the city lights. And there's uh, free camping, primitive camping, and year-round. These are great activities to do even in the winter for locals and for visitors. So that's one of our magical pieces. Thanks, guys. I think, you know, there's there's a lot of steps that go into it, right? It's it's inspiration, orientation, and then what's the third one, Brenda? Remind me. Sorry. Facilitation. Facilitation. 
And so you follow those steps, right? Like, so it's, you know, it starts with a campaign where we're starting to put this thought in your head, you know, think about when you make the choice to buy something, buy a new pair of socks. What spurs that? Is it, I have a hole in my sock and I need to go buy one? Or did I get served an ad for this magical new sock that I've never tried? And so um, it starts with that inspiration for people who are looking to plan a trip. You know, it's it's kind of that creepy marketing, right? I searched what's it look like to go to Montana and suddenly we're feeding you ads about billings, what there is to do here. Then once you start researching that and and really diving into planning that trip, you know, it's our websites, it's our brew maps, it's, you know, for Brenda, it's her dino trail and her trail to the stars and her burger trail. What are you going to do when you're here? And then once you're here, how are we going to facilitate you? How are we going to make sure that you find what you need to find while you're in the destination? So that's kind of the the ingredients, um, I would say, into the into the tourism uh, special shake. <laughs> to what extent are you because you talked about how you're targeting people who are searching, you know, what's it like to visit Montana or maybe there's some other key phrases that are in there. To what extent are you competing with other tourism promotion organizations from other parts of the state? I think, you know, you, you're you competing a little bit by by nature, right? Like there's only so many destinations in Montana. And, and so, yeah, but you're not only just competing with the state, you're competing with all 50 states. I mean, if you think about someone planning a trip to Yellowstone, we're also competing with mm-hmm. Wyoming for that visitor to route through Montana into Yellowstone. And so that's where it's really important for us that we have the strong relationships that we do with the state office of tourism, but also with our colleagues across the state that are that are representing different you know destinations and and um, regions and CVBs. So, and I think that's really important to understand that across Montana, north to south, east to west, there are so many unique opportunities within this state, and and what is great for one visitor or what they desire is going to be different for another visitor. And when you go back to the economics of it, right now we have an 8% lodging tax. So that $100 room, you pay an additional $8 outside of the tourism business improvement districts. Of that 8%, 3% of that goes back to the general fund. And what that equates to, as of the last data I saw, is over $600 per household that we as Montanans do not have to pay into the general fund. So it's important. And so even if that visitor stops one night in Billings and ends up over in Butte for three nights, what's good for that for them in Butte is good for Montana and good for us as a whole. And it builds our tourism economy. So that's important. I think the other piece of this is that the national definition of a, of a traveler, and we're going to giggle about this, is someone who goes more than 150 miles from home. So we know, and I see Kelsey laughing because we know that in rural areas, people are doing that to go to a basketball game or, you know, pick up the groceries. So we also travel across our own state a lot. Mm -hmm. And we have data that supports that. There are people in Western Montana that haven't been in Makoshika. And there are those of us in Eastern Montana who, you know, maybe haven't been to some of those amazing sites over there. So it's really important to understand that this doesn't happen in a vacuum. And yeah, there's a little friendly rivalry, but um, yeah, we want to we want to understand that this industry really works together as a whole for all of us. I think there's also an economy of scale that happens, Um, for example, and I I use this quite a bit. We all know about the Mile City Bucking Horse Sale that's been going on for Mm -hmm. since here's your here's your trivia since 1960. 
excuse me, 1950, 1950. Um, but that town of about 9,000 people doubles in size for three days. And if you're one of those businesses, that weekend can make or break your whole year. Um, Ikalaka has an event called the Shindig. That town of 250 people doubles in size for three days. And that can make or break those businesses. So it's really important to understand that we're not diverting everyone from other parts of Montana or competing that way. But just, um, you know, two, three new different families in a week to a small community can make a big difference for those businesses. So tell us about the importance of going to travel shows for each of your organizations and maybe which ones you just came from and what you're looking forward to. Um, yeah, sure. So uh, I feel like I've been on the road a lot, but it's one of the awesome things about working in tourism is getting to be a tourist. I just came home from the Travel Blog Exchange, which took place in Lafayette, Louisiana. Visibilings had the pleasure of hosting that in 2019 um, with, with the wonderful help of Visit Southeast Montana. And actually all of our um, regions and CVBs across the state came on board and sponsored and showed support and hosted FAMS. And so it was really awesome to attend that event, being as we were the last one to have it um, prior to the pandemic. And so returning down to Louisiana um, was really fun. And that that show in particular puts me as the destination in front of content creators, um, which is, you know, everything from I'm, a, um, you know, a travel writer, freelance writer. I have a blog. I have a YouTube. I'm a vlogger. I have podcast. Um, it really is such a range of of content creators. And so, um, you know, in our roles, a lot of times we'll host those content creators to Billings in Southeast Montana to help us highlight the destination. And that was what was really awesome about hosting that event in 2019 is that we got to have, you know, 400 of them in the destination at once and really showed off. But the work doesn't stop there, right? You don't want and done it and host people and then say, okay, well, cool, we've, we've, put, we've put our destination on the map, we're done. Um, you know, it's important to continue those relationships and um, continue the buzz about the destination. And so what's really cool about TBEX is, you know, I get to spend some time with some of those content creators I've met over the years, but also build relationships with new ones. Um, so very excited to have another list of people to follow up with to hopefully bring to the area. And then the other shows that like we attend that are, are very important to us um, are the Travel and Adventure Show Series. Um, I go to L.A. and Denver. It's a traveling show. Um, so one weekend in February, I'll be in uh, Los Angeles at the Travel and Adventure Show. And the next weekend, I'll be in Denver. What's cool about those is those are my chance to be in front of the direct consumer, right? A lot of my job ends up being like I'm marketing to you or I'm working with a content creator that markets to the consumer. This is one of the few opportunities that I'm in front of the actual potential visitor. Um, and so it's a little bit of that inspiration phase and the orientation, right? We still see a lot of people specifically in in California that are like, wait, are you above or below Wyoming? How many flights does it take to get there? You know, and it's it's that typical, like, I, I'll be honest with you. You ask me some states in the East Coast, I might have to be like, okay, wait, does it go like this or like this? Because it's harder for me to get there. I'm not as familiar. Um, and it seems inaccessible. And so a lot of my work at the LA show is about helping people realize how accessible it is to come to Montana. Mm -hmm. And also they're following that up with, I want to go to Yellowstone National Park. What should I do in Yellowstone mm -hmm. or outside of Yellowstone? And that's really our shot to be like, hey, 
we're a really great gateway destination. Fly into Billings, spend a night, spend some time in the region, then go into Yellowstone National Park. Um, so that's a big one in LA and Denver specifically, which was really cool. Last year, we saw a lot of people going, I've seen the Western side of the state. What's, what's east of Yellowstone. And we're like, Oh, it's our time to shine. Let's go. You know? So it's, it's really cool for us to be having those actual conversations with the potential visitor. And so um, I'll attend those shows in February and um, very excited. I always bring a couple of board members, maybe a staff member. Um, and we set up a really gorgeous booth and, and it's a ton of fun. No, you don't have to know how to ride a horse to come to Montana, you but you can if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting the questions you get around Montana. And I mean, I remember growing up, my mom was from Michigan and and my cousins, when I would go out and see them when I was like 11, would be like, do you have electricity? And we're like, yes, we do. But it's, it's you know, people have that, you know, very, you know, mind made up perception of what a state is. And, and it's kind of our job to say, no, it's accessible, right? Or you will have great hotels to stay in. You do have this or that. Our roads are paved, you know, <laughs> like you're going to be fine. It's not this scary, untouched area of the United States. It's It can be if you want it to be. You want to be off on the trail all alone. That's that's available to you. But if you want to still see Montana, but you want to have, um, you know, a soft bed and feel comfortable in your travels, that's available too. So how can we help facilitate whatever it is that you need out of a Montana vacation. I think that's interesting because it really shows the power of the media. And even though the media has changed and evolved over the last couple of decades, both the traditional media and then I guess I call it the newer media, the the travel bloggers, the content creators that Allie was talking about, they all have their place and their power. And But so many of those perceptions that other people are talking about, you know, that we're joking about, like, I remember the one we had in Vegas. I often got this Montana that's in Canada, right? That was my favorite. <laughs> um, but at the same time, there is that educational component. Um, but we use the, um, all the different types of media to get that message out there. The most recent show I went to is called travel and words. And it was basically, we call it speed dating with um, 40 different earned media, uh, traditional journalists, freelance travel writers. Um, a lot of folks that were really, um, vetted for the work that they do. And they do a lot of them work and cover Montana, but they don't quite get east as far as we are. And of course, that's kind of new to some folks. And they want to know exactly what Allie is saying, what's on the other side of Montana. So I really do think that the opportunity is in front of us. And, and these shows, whether it's direct to consumer or to those um, other outlets is is a great opportunity for us right now. What would you say to someone who may not be seeing the great work that you guys are doing. We're doing our jobs. Just kidding. <laughs> if you're, no, they, I get this question a lot. Like, what do you do? I never see your work. Um, well, if you live in Billings, you're probably not going to buy a hotel room in Billings unless, you know, something different's going on, right? Like you're, you decided staycation for a wedding or something at the Northern, whatever it may be. Um, but it's, um, it's because who we're marketing to are, are those potential visitors. And so you might see some billboards around town, especially as we gear up on our winter campaign. There's going to be a few more billboards um, around town kind of promoting the great things there are to do in Billings. And um, and that's specifically because our, our winter campaign is really regional focused. It's that drive market. So like Brenda said, it's, you know, it's anything over 100 miles is a traveler. And um, again, being an Eastern Montana kid, we used to come to Billings, Christmas shop, spend the night, go swimming, see a show. 
you know, and those are the visitors we want to make sure that are still coming to billing. So sometimes with the winter campaign, you see a little more of our work because it's a little more localized. Um, but our national campaign is really focused on, you know, Minneapolis, Denver, Salt Lake, Dallas, and I'm missing one, Chicago, excuse me. Well, for the Southeast Montana campaign, you probably won't see it at all. The rules and regulations for how we spend a lodging tax is, they're quite stringent. Visit Billings has two funding sources, so they kind of have to follow two sets of rules. And one is a little bit more flexible, whereas the dollars that we spend are a little bit more tracked. And that's fine. And that's great. So most of everything that we do is going to be outside the region. However, you might, you know, pick up a social campaign, uh, paid social or There's a lot of things that we push out um, just through Facebook and Instagram. And I love the fact when I we have commenters on there that says that say, I live here and I don't know where that is. And then they it inspires them. That's the hope to to really look at their surroundings in a different way, too. So that awareness is is there. But, yeah, that's the hard truth is you're not going to see my work unless you're someplace else. I would also say, like, this is a good time for us to plug. If if people are interested in keeping up with us and, like, what we're doing, follow us on social. So we're Montana's Trailhead on Instagram, um, Billings Montana on TikTok, um, Billings Montana's Trailhead on Facebook, and then I'll let Brenda share her Yeah, time. and Southeast Montana is just Southeast Montana on Facebook and at SE Montana on Twitter and Southeast Montana on, on, on um, excuse me, Instagram. We're not uh, venturing into the TikTok world yet because I would need another full-time employee to feed that beast. So just it's, to be clear. It's, it's a it's a lightly fed beast for, um, <laughs> for busy billings right now. But it's, I mean, we're having fun with it. It's hungry. Yeah, it is. It is. That, that is an interesting uh, form of content for sure, to say the least. We'll, we'll go ahead and put links to all of those in the show notes for okay. anybody who wants to get involved in all of that. Awesome. Uh, so, Ali, you mentioned it already a little bit, but tell us a little bit about the winter campaign that's coming up. Yeah, the winter campaign, um, it's quickly become one of my favorites. Uh, I think uh, last year we launched the Keepers of the Cool winter campaign, which is really just kind of a fun reminder that we we are a cool winter destination, right? Like you've got, you don't have to have, you know, 10 feet of snow to have fun in the winter, which thankfully we don't get that very often here in Billings. I know that's one of my favorite things about living in Billings. But, you know, you've got everything from awesome like holiday shows like the Nutcracker. You've got light parades. You've got new this year holiday nights at Zoo Montana, which is going to be huge. We're very excited about that and proud to be a supporter of it. But like millions of lights, huge, you know, 40 feet snowmen and s'mores huts. And, you know, so that one's really exciting. But we also promote... Um, Some of those things that I think we as locals take for granted, um, which is our food scene, our brew trail, you know, our awesome symphony shows, you know, it's all those things that really make us this thriving destination. And so some of the things that we talk about is like checking out the great indoors, having a really delicious burger, having um, hit the brew trail. And so um, what's really fun with the Brew Trail is kind of new this year in May, we launched our our Brew Trail app, which I think you guys have had Luke on the show to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's live all year round. Um, and we'll be doing some fun promotion around that um, with the winter campaign. But locals and visitors can take advantage of of using that app and uh, getting awesome prizes. But for me, it's just so fun to show off the um, the the fun winter things that there are to do. Um, And we have an official mascot, a fictional character, Horace Witherfork. He's a 
horrible survivalist, you know? And <laughs> so it's, it's really fun. We kind of have punny things with it. Like, you know, he couldn't build a shelter. So he just runs a hotel instead, you know, or <laughs> how to make, how to make a old fashioned, you know, ask a bartender to make you an old fashioned kind of a thing. <laughs> so we, we have a lot of fun with it. His guide is on our, our landing page. We also have a lot of fun with Winston the Sloth. Um, he he does some interviews of like Horace the Horace Witherfork, and you know, so we create this whole storyline around these kind of fictional characters that that talk about what a great destination Billings is. But Horace is Horace is a lot of fun. Well, let's just keep going on that. And we talked about a couple of your programs already: Burger Trail, The Stars. What are some other exciting programs that you want to share today? Well, one of them that. It is interesting to me, a lot of Montanans don't know about this, but it started in 2005. So um, 17 years, the Montana Dinosaur Trail has been in existence. And what that is, I love one of the kids asked me, is that where the dinosaurs walked? And I kind of had to giggle, but in a sense, yes. Um, the Montana Dinosaur Trail is a, connect, a, a connector of 14 facilities across what we call the High Line um, in Eastern Montana of facilities where folks can go, they can buy their little dinosaur passport, individuals and families, and go to each location and learn about the specialty dinosaurs that that location features. And when they're all done, they get all their stamps and they send it in and get the t-shirt. So the dinosaur trails really continues to grow in popularity. We talked a little bit about the Montana Trail to the Stars, and we will continue to add more information to that website and also seasonal events. The Star intended of that particular trail is Medicine Rock State Park, which is a small park located about halfway between Ekalaka and Baker on the far eastern side of the state. It is an international dark sky sanctuary. So that's a really difficult designation to get. That means it's the darkest of the dark. Um, so that's an amazing place. Just that is definitely a place to go. And we have the Burger Trail. Um, just do southeastmontana.com backslash Burger Trail. We're adding new uh, locations to it all the time. We, of course, have the great uh, award-winning burgers here in Billings from the Burger Dive and from Stacked, and also have a burger from Diamond X. But I'll tell you, some of these small towns, um, I'm going to give a shout-out to Broadview. There's a burger up there. It's called the Mexi Burger, and you almost need a fork to eat it, but that homemade chili sauce is to die for. So you know what? Who doesn't like a burger? And we have more things in the works. So at the end of every episode, as I think both of you know, we like to do these Rorschach questions. I'm going to hold up a fun get-to-know-you ink blot in the form of a question, and I'll just ask for your first response. So uh, this is coming out on November 2nd. What is your favorite fall activity? Um, oh my gosh, it's hard. It's, it's, it's probably the trails. I, I love, you know, especially right now, you've got snow on the Beartooths, um, you know, so popping up to Zimmerman or Swords or Four Dances. And you've got really gorgeous, you know, weather, but then the mountains are peppered with snow and they just pop like, so it, you know, it's probably the trails for sure. And Billings is just so gorgeous in the fall. Oh, I was, yeah. I, yeah, I was up with my dogs on, on the rims this weekend and just seeing yeah. all of the different colored trees in Billings. It's gorgeous. I think being able to walk your dogs at night, like might be a big, big one at fall, right? Cause all summer it's like a hundred degrees when you get home still, not all summer, but you know, you got to. So it's way nicer when I get home at five and, you know, it's a comfortable temperature to yeah. take the dogs out for a run. Mm, that's, a, that's a good one because we definitely love food. I'm going to kind of piggyback on alleys a little bit, but I'm going to do it with a, a, a qualifier, so to speak. I like to do it. And here's your word for the week. 
when during the gloaming, which is basically the golden hour of, uh, you know, just around sunrise and just around sunset and those gold colors that we, that happen every day, but they're particularly, I think, um, noticeable during that time in the fall because of all the other colors and the, the angle of the sun, if you want to get scientific. But the other part that's really cool is not just the colors on the trees, but all of our prairie grasses, all those leaves of those prairie grasses change color. A lot of people don't mm -hmm. notice it, but when you're out there driving at that time of day, you all of a sudden see these mauves and oranges and purples that and pinks that maybe you didn't see other times. So that would be my favorite thing. All right. We're coming up on winter. What is your favorite uh, or least favorite drink for the winter time? Uh, mine are Tom and Jerry's. I make a pretty yeah. mean homemade Tom and Jerry mix, pair it with a Trailhead Spirits whiskey, and I'm a happy girl. That's hard because I'm kind of a plain Jane kind of person for taste, but I really love myself a good shot of schnapps. Got to be cold. Peppermint schnapps, to be specific. But we also, I, where I grew up, had something called, I think it was called a rusty nail. And this is hard to remember, but I'm pretty sure rusty nail was peppermint schnapps and brandy on the rocks. Okay. Or maybe shaken. And I feel like that was a drink my grandma gave me when I had a cold. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, there are hot toddy versions of that. You know, put a little honey, a little tea, that works. Hot toddies. But definitely, you know, that peppermint schnapps. Cold or no. Well, staying in line with the peppermint, you might have to go with a uh, white peppermint mocha. Yeah, I look forward to that at City Brew every year. Well, thank you both so much. This was a lot of fun today. Yeah, it was. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it was so fun. I my first time on the podcast, so I'm I'm excited about it. You did great. Thank you so much to Allie and Brenda for joining us today, and thank you to Kelsey for co-hosting. We will have a link in the show notes to everything that we talked about today if you would like to learn more. If you would like to advertise with us, suggest a topic, or ask a question, please feel free to email us at podcast at billingschamber.com. Don't forget to rate us on your preferred platform and subscribe to Chambercast wherever you get your podcasts because there is something here for everyone.